Welcome to The Encrypted Economy, a weekly podcast featuring discussions exploring the business, laws, regulation, security, and technologies relating to digital assets and data. I am Eric Hess, founder of Hess Legal Counsel. I've spent decades representing regulated exchanges, broker-dealers, investment advisors, and all matter of fintech companies for all things touching electronic trading with a focus on new and developing technologies. Welcome to the Encrypted Economies End of Year episode. I'm going to take a big step back before getting into specifics with a philosophical nod to David Deutsch and Taleb. I do this with humility. I am sincere in these thoughts. I don't presume that my reflections are the source of truth. I believe that we are in the second age of enlightenment and that this has been brought about by a confluence of factors, including processing power, networks among humans, and encryption technology. But these exploding technology-enabled network communities, coupled with encryption, challenges an established order. And the counter-reaction that we are seeing is often censorship. How do we define that line between censorship, which can be financial as well as content-based, and protective regulation? Are we recognizing when censorship is being used as a tool to protect entrenched interests worldwide? One of the characteristics of the Enlightenment age was that it ushered in a way of understanding knowledge with a tradition of criticism and seeking good explanations instead of reliance on authority. An outgrowth of this is optimism. Optimism is fundamentally about explaining failure, not prophesizing success. It presumes that there are no fundamental barriers or laws of nature preventing progress. I raise this as a call to regulators and policymakers who contemplate encryption technologies to do so optimistically, but not blind optimism. That is, to pursue a continual transition from problems to better problems rather than from problems to solutions or from theories to better theories. My criticism of the current regulatory body's response to digital asset and encrypted technologies is in the fragility of their risk-reducing bureaucracy and dependencies on structured hierarchies with numerous entrenched interests. To watch the political narrative, it appears blind in its pessimism sometimes, or one that avoids anything that is not known to be safe. That mentality leads to stasis, and that's my fear. Encryption does pose risks, but not all of those risks need to be regulated, and those risks need to be regulated thoughtfully, not reactively. Partisan approaches delays good outcomes. Failure to understand encryption and decrying its effects stifles a country's competitiveness. At a Senate hearing the other day, there were senators openly entertaining whether stablecoins should be limited to certain acceptable uses, and speculative investing was raised as a possible unacceptable use. Could somebody identify the scope of speculative investing for me? Because it seems rather broad. Trying to put encryption 
end the encrypted economy back into a bottle is like trying to unplug the internet. As institutional adoption grows, policymakers will change their minds. They will have to. I am long-term optimistic, but that's not to say there won't be bumps to get there. In 2022, I think it's important to remember that optimism, but not to be blind in it. I look at some of the predictions that have been made for 2022 so far. I see themes of crypto winter, focus on digital asset infrastructure, regulation of stablecoins, a massive crypto hack, DAO growth, NFT utility use cases, zero-knowledge scaling, and DeFi starting to get into the mainstream more with savings accounts. I don't disagree with any of those themes, but I think that when people use the term crypto winter, they think back at the last two-year crypto winter. I'm not sure I buy into that. Maybe it's going to be more of an extended cold snap, followed by cooler temperatures with gradual warming. I am optimistic, not blindly so. I have discussed the risks of overregulation, and I think it's probably a risk that's being overly discounted. Another area that I think is being discounted is crypto hacks. If you look at December alone, there's reason to think that this is an issue that is going to be very prominent in 2022. Across 14 days this December, almost 600 million was stolen through cyber attacks from the crypto industry. These actors may be state-sponsored, and they're getting more sophisticated, and they can rapidly move assets into Tornado Cash or other privacy services to hide their identities as they try to move money. Crypto assets are vulnerable to these threats, and in 2022, that'll get worse. With each failure, the industry and law enforcement will learn more. There will be more coordination with exchanges and, yes, DeFi platforms with law enforcement. I think these attacks, both real-world hacks like the Colonial Pipeline, for example, and the ones on crypto exchanges or other crypto projects, will spur yet more discussion regarding AML controls. Eventually, the space will become more resilient, but cybersecurity is going to start shaping discussions more and is going to create more reactivity by policymakers. Too often, it's a convenient narrative to blame Bitcoin for ransomware attack, but that's kind of ludicrous. Today, it's Bitcoin. Tomorrow, it's CBDCs. I said it before. So at any rate, that's my wrap uh, for the year. I look forward to uh, kicking off next year. Got some great episodes in the pipeline and uh, enjoy your new year.